0: Leafs
1: podcast have won the Stanley
0: Cup. subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify SoundCloud or Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti.
1: welcome to the everything leaves podcast I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza as always we have two trades to announce. Not just one, but two trades, both with the Columbus Blue Jackets. The first, the bigger one, was the Leafs acquiring Nick Foligno in exchange for a first-round pick in 2021 and two fourth-round picks. We'll get into the, the details later. There was salary retention involved. The other was a Riley Nash for a conditional seventh-round pick. Could become a sixth. He's going to be out three to five weeks. But, Nick, I want to f- start on Foligno. What are your just overall thoughts on the Foligno trade?
0: Well, I think we've been talking about this for a couple weeks now. We've been ranking every single week who we want the Leafs to actually acquire. So uh, I think felino has been like usually second to third on our rankings, both of ours. Um, So, and I think we kind of hyped ourselves up in terms of getting Taylor Hall. Um, So there is a bit of disappointment because I think for me it was like Hall number one and then Felino, you know, second or third. But, you know, looking at the Felino train in, in general, I'm not... I'm not too thrilled about giving up a first for him, Uh, but if you're going to give up a first any year, it's going to be this year when, you know, it's not a great draft. There's not that much, you know, I think the Leafs will be able to steal some good players in the second and the third round, given that the other teams don't really have the resources to really scout this year. And it's just been a weird year in general, obviously. Um, But... You know, we'll talk about Felino, the player. I don't mind the trade. I do think that, you know, he's going to be able to add some stuff to our bottom six and potentially play with Tavares Nylander. So I'm a little bit in between. Uh, How do you feel about it right now?
1: So I think on the last episode we did with Ian, I had said, you know, all along, he was kind of my plan C, plan D. Um, I wanted Hall. I wanted Jaden Schwartz if he was available. Um, But I did say if it was Felino or nothing, I'd take Felino. And and for me, this is a good PR trade for Dubas. Uh, specifically, where, you know, it's it's going to be tough to criticize him now. For, for, like, regardless of how they do in the playoffs, he, he's added size. He's added physicality. He's gone out and added Simmons and Bogosian. I think he's done his part. Um, in terms of giving up the first, I do think it's an overpay, at least a slight overpay. Um, but we'll see what happens with the rest of the moves. I think he's a fine player. He's going to help the team. Um, I did think they had to make a move. Uh, I don't think they could have just. You know, if, if they just sat and did nothing, I, I I do think that Dubis would have got way more criticism, and rightfully so. I think this team deserves to make an addition. So yeah, I, I think it's a fine trade. I, I do think it's a bit of an overpay. The first round pick. I don't think he's you know most most of the time when you give up a first for a rental, you get a better player. But he will help them. I think he's going to be a great guy in the locker room, a great teammate. Uh, I'm sure the 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 team itself will will really enjoy that acquisition and, and just. You know, I think he will fire up the boys in the locker room, but uh, I guess I, you know, I don't love the deal, but I, I'm okay with it. I'm not, uh, I'm not too upset about it. I'll say.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I will say I do like the double retention, the way that it worked. Uh, pretty much, fifty percent went to Columbus. They retained fifty percent, and then twenty five percent was retained by San Jose. So, on the books for the Leafs, it's around one point three. Uh, it's one point three seven. Sorry, five. 1.375,000 um, to be exact. So, million, sorry, uh, to be exact. So, you know, a lot of it did get retained by other teams. So it's not a huge hit. And they do still have some space now, too, if they want to make another addition, let's say like a depth defenseman or maybe a goalie. Um, so with Felino in itself, and I've said this in past podcasts, where I think this year we've seen Zach Hyman um kind of become a legitimate top six I think he's always been a top six forward but I think this year he's kind of elevated his level where it, it almost feels like if he's not in that top six the Leafs are underusing him and I know he's been on that hem line. and this addition of Felino pretty much tells me that you know I think they'll, they might try Felino in that with Tavares and Nylander but come playoff time like you need to have Zach Hyman playing with Matthews and Marner um I think it's a line that works I think it's been one of the best lines in hockey this year and now this pretty much solidifies the Leafs third line where you can put Engvall you can put Mikheyev and you can have Nick Foligno who is a very good defensive player he's been a very good defensive forward for a couple years now for years now actually Um, obviously he's going to add the grit he's going to add you know kind of that that tenacity that maybe that third line needs but all in all, like that's a line you can trust against the other team's top competition, and you free up the top six. And I think that's really what s- this trade really signifies. And that's where the value is really going to come from.
1: Yeah, so I guess the full deal, I know you alluded to it, they did get double retention, so they're paying just 25% of the salary, um, which is probably why the two fourth round picks were included. Um, they also got Steven Noycin, who is just... You know, he wasn't on the Sharks roster, but he's on a one-way contract. So the Leafs are paying his salary, but he's not going to count against the cap. Um, Nick, it's going to be tough to kind of tell how much cap room they have to work with here um, with LTIR and all that. But it does seem like they could make another move, whether it's a a depth defenseman or a goalie, depending on what Anderson's health is. It's a bit of a mystery there. Um, For me, Felino's a guy that's, he is good defensively. He does add some, some physicality. He does add, you know, a power forward. Um, he doesn't score all that much, especially at this stage of his career. Um, you know, when I was looking at all the different options, whether it was Hall, Schwartz, Lawton, Iofalo, uh, Granlund, um, pretty much anyone that, you know, was, was kind of rumored to be on the trade block, Felino scored less than pretty much all of them at 5-on-5, five five. so um, I don't think he's going to provide a ton of offense. I don't know if I want him in the top six. I I think I'd prefer to have him on the third line, but we'll see. Like I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to be open-minded. Um, But the other thing I'll say is that I don't really like the justifications of giving up the first. Like when people say it's a weak draft or it's a, it's a weird year or they were going to trade down anyways. Like I think it's just an overpay. I think they definitely could have, you know, in, in this draft they probably could have gotten a, a pretty good steal given you know the resources they have at the end of the first. Um so I, I I think just from my perspective, I wanted to get someone. Um I was prepared to give up the first. I was prepared to overpay a bit and you know it it it's better than those placanic boil trades where they gave up a second because I think Felina's a better player. Um I just, I, I'm okay with giving up the first. I would have liked a better player, but we'll see what happens with, with the other players. And I, I do like Foligno. It's going to be an easy guy to root for. Obviously, his dad played for the Leafs. He's a captain in Columbus. Um, so all in all, I, I'm fine with the move. I think it's, it's, it's great they got someone. If, if they didn't get anyone, I think we'd be having a, a pretty rough conversation tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and I don't mind overpaying a little bit this year. Because the big problem with the Lou trades with Placanich and Boyle is that like the Leafs weren't that good. Like This year, Toronto is clearly the best team in the division. They're the favorites to get out of the North and go to the conference finals. So if you're ever going to overpay at the deadline to add, I guess it would be this one. Um, so that's my big problem with those Boyle and Placanich. Like Those teams just weren't good. And you're going up against a Washington team um, in that first year where it's like Matthew's rookie year. It's just a weird time to trade for for a fourth line center and give up a second pick, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I I agree. I I don't. I'm not huge on putting Foligno on with with Nealander Tavares. I do think they're gonna try it, um, but just adding on to to Foligno, I, my big concern now is when I look at the lines is that bottom six and that fourth line because virtually you've added another player that's good defensively. Um, so let's say you do put him with that let's say it's Angvala Makayev, call it your third line call it your fourth line whatever that's your checking line now I guess this can kind of transition into the Riley Nash um you talk about the Riley Nash trade but I just think kind of say a blanket statement here where I just think you have a lot of players that could potentially play on that fourth line and kind of the better players that are left are very good defensive so I just don't want to have defensively sorry so I just don't want to have a really good third like a good line on your third line where it's good defensively, and then also have a fourth line that can't really score that's also good defensively. So we're gonna get into that a little bit later because first I do want to talk about the Riley Nash trade. Uh, what were your overall thoughts
1: about that one? So I think it's a it was a good deal for both sides. If you're Columbus and you're Yarokek line in, you know, you're paying this guy to basically not play for you, right? Like I think they saved six hundred and seventy thousand, something around there. By trading him. So, from their perspective, it's like, hey, we just saved, I just saved my owner $670,000 um, for a guy that wasn't going to play for the rest of the season. So, giving up a conditional seventh, which could become a sixth, that was the return. For the Leafs, it's nothing. He is a good depth option. I think it gives you flexibility to move Kerfoot if you really had the right move. I don't think that's going to happen, but it does give you some flexibility if something comes up tomorrow. Um, I, I think with Nash, He's he's got wicked defensive impacts, and we've seen him in two of the last three playoffs where he's on Columbus when they knocked out the Leafs. He's also on the Bruins the the, the last year they knocked out the Leafs. Um, so I, I think he is a good player. He is someone that can kill penalties, that can uh, you know match up against top guys. Um, you can kind of put him out there and feel comfortable. Regardless of who he's out against, he's, he's not going to score. He's really not a good offensive player. But he did play with Marchand and Pasternak against the Leafs that year when Bergeron was out. So I think I'm with you where I think, you know, you look at the Columbus series last year, and the problem wasn't a lack of grit. It wasn't bad defense. The biggest problem was they couldn't score. And it does seem like there might be a little bit of a lack of, of bottom six offense, but we'll see what happens with the lines. We'll, we'll see who comes out. Um, I, I think the Nash trade is, is really just a, a, a big win. If, if it's not going to stop you, if it doesn't limit you at all at the, at the deadline to add elsewhere. it's, it's just LTIR till playoffs and you get an extra depth center. I think it's a, it's kind of a, you know, a can't lose trade for the Leafs. Um, and I have, I have liked them in the past. So I think it's just a, a good under the radar move. Obviously, Paulino is a much bigger one, but this is a team that is quite good defensively. Now uh, they're not like the, the old Leafs teams.
0: After that trade happened, I'm going to try not to repeat kind of what you said there. Um, But after the Nash trade yesterday, I really did think that the Leafs' next move was going to be for someone that was a lot more offensive because I thought to myself, you know, I I think Nash is a guy that you can trust him at center. He could potentially replace Engval, you know, if they don't trust him there as that third line center. And then you have Engval on one wing and Mikheyev on the other. Like, I, I would trust Riley Nash there. I think he's pretty good defensively. Not a great faceoff guy. Um, he's not particularly fast, but you know he's definitely stable defensively. He's good positionally. Um, so I do think that that kind of that checking line of of Engval Nash and Mikheyev would have worked, and it's something that they could have had the option to do. And now they've gone Felino, so things have changed obviously. Um, but you know we'll see. I do think that's a win. I. Like this, was it a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick that they gave up? I for, can't remember. Now. For Riley Nash,
1: it was conditional yeah. seventh, so it becomes a sixth. I think if he plays twenty five percent, so sixth or seventh, who cares? Like it's it's yeah, a late it round matter. pick for, for Riley Nash.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, it's not counting against the cap. It's going to be in the playoffs. I think you just can't complain about that trade. But let's let's bring it into the lines here because this is where I am kind of. I've been trying to figure it out since the the trade happened, whatever it was, two hours ago, where. And you jump in like if you disagree with any of these lines, but I think you and I are going to be on the same page. First line, I've got Hyman, Matthews, Marner. I think that this Felino trade and the Nash trade to a certain extent pretty much frees Hyman. And the Leafs, virtually in my mind, solidified that third line and they got the top six forward in Zach Hyman. And they can keep him with uh, Matthews and Marner here without worrying about kind of that positive impact that he makes on that third line since they have Foligno there. So is that your first line as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, they might try. They might try Felino in the top six. I mean, they did give up a first for him, and I'm willing to give him a chance and see it. But I don't know if that would be line one or line two. But if I if I'm coaching and I'm making my playoff lines right now, I would I would keep the Hyman Matthews Martin line.
0: Okay, so then we're on the same page there. Second line, I have Galchenyuk, Tavares, Nylander. I know that Felino will probably get a shot there. Um you know, before the regular season ends, but that come playoff time, if playoffs started, you know, in two days after the deadline, that'd be my second line.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Galchenyuk just been so, so good. And then I just think he's better offensively than Felino. Felino's a little bit better suited for a checking line. And then like the ice time is pretty similar anyways. It's not like you're playing Galchenyuk 10 minutes more than Felino. It's going to be a, a pretty much a wash at five on five based on how Keith operates. So you know, I, I, as you said, I'm willing to, to see it. So at least uh, I'll keep an open mind when it happens. But if I'm coaching right now, I would keep the galchenyuk knee lander line.
0: Okay. And so same with me. Then I got a third line. We're going to call it 3A, 3B because, you know, sometimes they've been kind of switching it up. And the ice time has been very similar. But let's say third line, which is going to be your checking line. I've got uh, Nick Folino, Engvall, and Mikheyev Uh Pretty much use it the exact same way that they have been. A bunch of defensive zone starts. You trust them against the other team's top line, and I think they're going to do really well in
1: that role. Is that your third line as well? Um, I don't really know what I want in the third line to be honest. Um, I kind of I trust Kerfoot defensively as well, and I think his playmaking might go well, and just his ability to get in the offensive zone. Like he's got a be- decent transition skill. I, I think he'd be a fine fit with Felino. I, I do think he could try to recreate that hemline with Felino instead of Hyman. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm fine. I, I guess I want to see it. I'm not. And the other thing is just I'm not sure who's coming out, um, which would yeah. be the other thing. So I think Felino could play with Kerfoot, um, and that would be a good defensive line. You could have potentially two very strong defensive lines in the bottom six. Um, but you could also kind of recreate that. Uh, that hemline with Foligno. I'm I'm kind of open to either. I'm not sure what I want to do yet. We'll see who's coming out of the lineup first, and we'll see how Felino looks. Um, but 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 yeah, I I think they have options. It's just I yeah. don't, I don't know who comes out. What's that? I think that's a fine idea. What would that leave you on your fourth? Then are you are you scratching Simmons.
0: That's the problem. And I think so. Let's just say that third line is Foligno, Engvall, Makhayev. That's my problem because when I look at the next, there's virtually five players after that with Nash healthy that are competing for that fourth line. So that's Riley Nash, Spetsa, Thornton, Simmons, and Kerfoot um, with the current lineup. I think the best players out of those five are Nash, Spetsa, and Kerfoot. Would you agree with that? Thornton and Simmons left
1: out. I think Kerfoot should be in for sure. I just think he's, I know he takes a lot of criticism because he's small and he doesn't shoot, but... I think he's, at the very least, one of their top 12 forwards. Um, I will say that, like, ideally I would probably scratch one of Thornton Simmons, but I do think is better than Engvall and, and probably better than Mikhaev, unless Mikhaev starts working on his shooting talent. Um, so I do think if you scratch any of them, it's probably still an upgrade. I don't know if it's a massive upgrade, worth one worth doing a first-round pick for. But, um, yeah, my... My preference would be to scratch Simmons right now, but he is playing better, so I'm, I'm, you know, Felino has to quarantine and Nash is going to be ready for a while, so we'll see what Simmons can do. We'll see what Thornton can do because he's not playing amazing right now either, and then I wouldn't even be shocked if it was Paul that came out. It's We'll see what happens.
0: My biggest concern right now, though, just kind of bringing it to my point, is that if you have that third line that's going to be that checking line for the majority of the season this year, whether it's been Travis Boyd, Spezza, um, even VZ, I guess, but they've gotten pretty good production from that fourth line, whoever's been on it, and out of those five guys, I just don't really see, like, especially if Riley Nash is in there, a guy that's just not very good offensively, um, Spezza's obviously good offensively, and then I think Kerfoot should be in the lineup. Like, I just don't see that fourth line generating a lot of offense, and I don't want this is my number one concern right now going to the playoffs is last year the bottom six going into the playoffs or in the playoffs pretty much was a mix of of Kapanen, Kerfoot, Mikheyev was virtually their third line for the most of it and then the fourth line was Clifford, Engvall, Spezza. I actually liked that fourth line I think you did too but I don't think that as a as a bottom six they generated a lot of offense and especially when they loaded up that first line like that bottom six was brutal offensively. And now, with the additions of Felino and Riley Nash, two guys that I think probably will be in the lineup if they're healthy. Um, obviously, Nash, it's a little bit less likely than Felino. Foligno will definitely be in. But I just don't want the same problem as last year, where you're virtually not getting any offense from that bottom six. And like if that top six isn't producing offensively, then you could run into some problems.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised... If Felino ends up top six, Galchenyuk adds some some punch to the bottom six. But yeah, as we said, I would probably keep Galchenyuk in the top six right now just based on how he's playing. I would give, you know, Felino to Kerfoot. Um, I feel like they can make a checking line. Like, there's a lot of pieces. I don't mind Kerfoot on a checking line. I don't mind. I think Felino can do it. I think Engval and Mikhaev can both do it. So I I have a lot of faith in their ability to put a checking line out. I guess the concern is what's the fourth, like what's the the other scoring line going to be? I do think, as you said, we want a little bit of uh, a scoring punch. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if something happened and and they moved a Makayev or an Engval, you know, to free up some cap space or even a Kerfoot. I think that's the more obvious one. Um, My guess is that that doesn't happen. I guess with Nash too. I, I feel like he's going to be comparable to Engvall. Um, that's my guess. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to play him. Like, he gave up a, a conditional seventh. So, if he doesn't look great, if you think... Or if Engvall's playing well, or, or Thornton's playing well, you can always... And everyone's healthy. You can always just not play him. I mean, we'll see what happens. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I do have the same concern with you, Nick, where the bottom six offense might be a problem. I don't think... You know, I, I don't think he's Taylor Hall, Foligno. I don't think he's that good. I, I think he's a fine add. I'm okay with it, given that I wanted to add and there's not many guys available. But I'm not sure that he's a massive difference maker. But I do I, I do like the fact that they added. So I guess mixed emotions overall.
0: Yeah. Now, with saying that, it kind of sounds like we're, we're kind of overly concerned when... I mean, at the end of the day, the Leafs just added someone without subtracting. So, I mean, I think... The ball kind of falls in Sheldon Keefe's hands now I mean obviously they can still make moves but let's say they go in with this trade with this uh with this lineup it's kind of in Sheldon Keefe's hands now where I mean he could easily just go with the Spezza Thornton Kerfoot fourth line scratch let's say Simmons and scratch Riley Nash and I think that fourth line's been pretty good I think that that fourth line definitely can create offense given limited um limited time on the ice like they have been so I mean I, I just think it's based on Keefe right now like I really wouldn't want a checking line and then having I don't know like a Nash Kerfoot and let's say Thornton fourth line like I, I don't think Spetsa is gonna get scratched but I just don't really see like a lot of offense coming that for that fourth line so I mean again like I think this is a good trade I don't think that like they at the end of the day they didn't subtract from their lineup so So, you know, not overly concerned, but I think that is something that we need to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, for sure. They could end up getting, like, Foligno would be an upgrade on whoever he replaces, but they could end up playing Nash and him being a downgrade. I I do think he's very good defensively. I think the you know, his his impacts are just through the roof. They're, like, literally off the chart. Um, It is nice that you can kind of throw those guys out out against, you know, McDavid or other top lines and, and feel comfortable. Um, you know, the fact that Felino hits is going to be nice, he can fight, maybe that gives them, um, you know, if, if Simmons isn't performing, maybe that lets them be a little bit more comfortable with, with scratching someone like Simmons. Um, but yeah, like the, the first was a lot. It, I, I do think that people overvalue late first. Um, you know, I, I would have rather gotten a, a better player, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I, I think it's going to be a fan favorite, someone who's easy to root for. Um, I, I, I do think that, you know, if you're Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, I think Foligno going to be a guy that's just so well-liked by his teammates and so well-liked in the room. Um, you can tell he's got great leadership skills. So, um, I, I will say, I saw a tweet from Drake, like Paul, who said, you know, Foligno very good defensively, but normally defense is the thing you get kind of undervalued. Normally it's, it's the offense you got to pay for. And I do think that it, it definitely wasn't overpay. I don't want to you know, skip around it. I, I I just think they thought, okay, well, if it's gonna be this, we wanna make sure we get something. We wanna make sure that, you know, we add something for their team or we're comfortable giving up the first. Um, I, I do think it makes sense. So, you know, I, I I'm fine with the deal. I, I do have the same concerns with the bottom six offense, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. I wanna say this on a more positive note as well, where I felt like early in the season into the middle of the season, the Leafs had so many options for that for that lineup. They had, they had Berbanov there, which they still have. They had V Z, they had Boyd, they had Spezza, they had Patan there. Like they had so many guys in that bottom six rotating in and out, fighting for it. And I felt like whoever was in the lineup was really giving it at all. I know it sounds cliche, but they were really trying. I thought they had good energy every single night for that first two months of the season. And I felt like since V Z um was sent on waivers and Boyd was sent on waivers and then I just felt like they had a very set lineup. Um, I have liked how the lineups worked in general, but I do think like having internal competition, having, you know, players rotating in and out and having options, it's never a bad thing. Um, you know, if like I could definitely see Keefe scratching a, a Simmons or even a Mikheyev, maybe not a Mikheyev, but definitely an Engvall. Um, and if that's going to kind of fire them up for, for better performances and, and you know you kind of have someone breathing behind your neck trying to take your li- your lineup spot, like I definitely don't think that's a bad thing at any time. Um, they virtually virtually replaced VZ and Boyd, lost them for nothing, and then gained Galchenyuk, Felino and Riley Nash for the playoffs for nothing. So, uh, I don't know. I think the internal competition's back, and it's definitely not a bad thing.
1: Yeah, I... I... I don't know. Like he did kind of get caved in by the numbers in last year's playoffs. I know they did play Tampa afterwards.
0: I don't think he's a great major. Yeah. I don't think he's a great
1: play driver. I just don't think he's, he's a great transition player, a great offensive player. Um, but he's, he's a good checking line player. So it's fine. Like I'm not in love with it again. It's just, we'll see. I I do think he's going to be such an easy guy to root for. Um, and, and, it's just it's kinda of like that those like Joe Thornton or Wayne Simmons when even when they're struggling, sometimes you're just like, you know what, I like this guy. I'm I'm happy he's on my team. I just I wanna root for him personally. Um so I, I do think that yeah, they got the plan C. I'm kind of interested to see what else happens. Um, it is interesting that they I didn't think they had to get that much retention to get fully now. I might be mistaken, but it they seems like they could it seems like they could have another move up their sleeves, whether it's uh, depth, maybe it's just a depth defenseman, or maybe it's, it, I guess they could theoretically go out and make a, a bigger move if they if they move some salary as well. So, you know, maybe maybe they do have another move. I think a goalie is, is huge. It looks like Olmark isn't going to extend. That's the latest rumor. I could see him. I could also see Bernier being involved, depending on Anderson's health, um, which they've kept a huge secret. So I wouldn't be surprised if if there's another move up will do this up Dubis's sleeve, but I guess he's made one, so he's kind of, you know, anything else would be a bit of a bonus.
0: Yeah, when I first saw that Felina was double retained, I did, right away I thought, okay, I think Hall could still be in play, especially if he's not fetching a first. Um, Obviously the Leafs still have their 2021 second round pick. Um, But I think someone would have to go the other way. If it is Kerfoot, then, you know, I don't know if it will work, because if it gets double retained, then... You know, there's, there's a chance that Toronto's actually clearing salary um, within that situation because Kerfoot's cap hit is, you know, would be higher than what they're actually taking on in Hall's contract. So I don't know. I th- I think this is the move. Um, I don't. I think that they're maybe gonna get a depth defenseman. It sounds, you know, they have kept Anderson a secret, but I don't know. I I think that he will be back just based on kind of what's been said they haven't made it obvious but I do think Anderson's going to return by the end of the regular season um so obviously that cap will be will come back so I don't know I I think I think this is their move and then especially considering they did the double retention and then they're virtually just going to maybe get a depth defenseman or something but I do think Anderson's going to come back we'll see what happens though
1: yeah with Hall I'll say this so I do think he's a much better player than Foligno. Um, I, you know, I had him as my Plan A the whole time. I do think that like, he's got more points than Felino this year in less games with 2% shoot percentage. Like he's better than Felino. No question in my mind. Um, but his agent has the power there. Like he has a full no move clause. And I'm interested to see if he gets an extension as part of this deal, because his agent's heavily involved in the process. You know, if, if, perhaps they were out on Hall the whole time. Like, I don't think the Leafs can extend Hall unless he's going to take a massive discount. So if if Hall's agent saying, you know, he wants to go to a place that'll offer him an extension, then I guess the Leafs would be out the whole time, right? Like, um, there is a chance that a team like Boston, St. Louis apparently is in, um, you know, what? or I could even see the Islanders kind of pulling it off, maybe if they could clear the room. But if, if he goes somewhere where he gets an extension... Colorado also comes to mind then, then maybe the Leafs throughout out the whole time and if that is the case then it wouldn't even matter whether it was a first or a second because it's not Buffalo's call it would be the agent's call see so they got a wave right so right. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens there in terms of an extension it, it does look St. Louis has been on fire lately and I don't think Schwartz is getting moved so I, I think there was a chance that Foligno is the best forward available outside of Hall and, and you know, we'll see what happens with Hall and that extension but um i know I, I think it could be a case where they just went out and got the best board available
0: it's it's funny because when we were doing this podcast even like a month ago it looked like the leafs had so many options they had grandlin was on the board they had um even we were talking about philip forsberg we were talking about taylor hall felino i you know at the time i feel like felino wasn't even talked about like a month ago because of how many options we had ahead of them but as it's come closer, I mean, Nashville was is out of the, kind of the, they're not sellers anymore. They've won a bunch of games and had OT losses that have put them into the playoff race. So yeah, I think you're right. I think Felino has really risen up the board and, and it's, it's clear that the Leafs really wanted rentals over someone with terms. So that kind of took out guys like Hurdle and Forsberg, etc. to the point where Like, Palmieri went to the Islanders the other day, and when you look at the board, it's literally just Hall, Foligno, and I can't even think of who else is there anymore. So, you know, maybe you're right. I I think Foligno maybe would have been the best player available now, um, just given how much it's changed over the past month.
1: I think I would have preferred Palmieri to Foligno, but I think it's... I don't think it's a huge difference maker. Um, it's close for me. I I do value
0: Felino's Actually, I think I would rather just given the usage of each. I, I probably would have rather Foligno because I I don't think Palmieri would have been a great fit for Tavares Nylander. Um, and I kind of like Felino. No, but he could have played on the third line. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd rather Felino in that type of deployment. But I I, I think I think Palmieri is the better player though overall for sure. I,
1: yeah, I'd rather have Paul Murray, I think for sure. But it, you know, I do like Foligno just personally. The one tweet I wanted to read was from Earl Schwartz. Um, is his handle's Earl Schwartz twenty seven? Um, so his his tweet two days ago that I was I was kind of curious about was so it's just to be clear, the Leafs could not have made the Nash trade without Anderson on LTIR. That means they cannot activate Fred from LTIR without removing one point three five million from the roster or waiting for playoffs. Losing a crude space makes it even tougher, but that's a long explanation. So basically, I don't even know if they can if they can activate Fred from L T I R. Um I I'm kind of curious to see what happens there. And if, if they can, if if Anderson's not coming back to playoffs and they know that, then I expect them to get a goalie, whether it's Bernier or Olbark. So I'm not sure, you know, that the the CBA is so complicated. I'm not sure. I'm sure you're not sure either on, on, on the rules. But if that is correct, yeah. then I do expect them to get a goalie here. So, I I don't know. Tomorrow will be an interesting day. Maybe we'll have a Bernier trade or an Allmark trade to talk about. And maybe we'll have nothing. And and I, I guess, obviously, the Leafs front office, you know, whether it's Duvis, Pridham, they have more information on, on Anderson than we do. So, we're kind of left guessing. But I'm sure they have a plan in place if, if Anderson is... Out long term,
0: so it's funny. I was actually been talking to Earl um, the last couple of days. He's he's amazing when it comes to the CBA and just a great follow in general. Uh, I think you already mentioned his handle, but he's at Earl Schwartz twenty um, seven. Yeah, definitely amazing work. So we were talking about it, and actually he said that he, by his numbers right now, the Leafs could still bring Anderson back before the playoffs. Um, pretty much what would have to happen is they would have to send out Hutchison as well as one forward. So once Foligno is on the roster, they'll have an extra skater. So it's pretty much a matter of who the Leafs can sneak through waivers. So, you know, I, I obviously trust them uh, when it comes to this stuff. Just, so there's
1: just no one, though. No one's going to get snuck through. Yeah, unless, so that's the thing. Unless you put, you try the Spetsa thing, but I don't think they want to risk that, like someone should be claimed if they do it again. I think someone claims Spetsa. Like I, I just think, you know, it, it's tough luck, but I, I think someone will do it. I, I just don't know if that's possible. And I think if the, if you're the Leafs, I don't think they want to risk losing Engvall on waivers, unless they maybe put Kerfoot on waivers. Like I wonder if he would get claimed just at his three point five. Like that might be interesting. I think he gets claimed
0: with that type of term.
1: It's just like too- some
0: bad team might take him if they get, you know, how many more years does he have on that contract? Two or three it, years?
1: But at 3.5, I don't know if, if the Leafs think he's worth it. That's the only thing. Like, it, it'd be tough Oof. because you'd lose the center depth. It'd be risky, though. I think you would have, I don't know. I, I feel like that's not the plan. I feel like the plan is, you know, if they're going to move Kerfoot, they probably trade him. And then, um yeah, I don't think that's the plan. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Anderson's not back. It, it's just he hasn't skated yet. um. We really have no clue on, on when he's gonna even skate. And if they could get a third goalie, especially given Campbell's health, like they gotta be pretty confident in Anderson, like being a hundred percent this season and, and in the next month, um, if they're not gonna get a goalie. So I, I kind of expect them to. I I'm that's that's the one thing to watch for tomorrow for me is, is the goalie market.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting because I don't know. Yeah, like I, I actually genuinely don't know. I think a lot of us are under the water when it comes to to Fred and, and everything going on there. Like I said, I do expect him to come back, and be okay from before. But I guess we're not gonna find out until three o'clock tomorrow.
1: Yeah, we have no clue. But what they do tomorrow will tell us about Fred because I'm I guarantee you if if they they know Fred's not coming back or if he's even iffy to come back this year then they're going to make a move because they're not going to It's going to
0: be, if he's healthy come playoff time though, let's say he's, he's healthy for game two or three and you now have three, like let's say they acquire someone tomorrow. I don't know. So it's just going to be interesting with having three goalies that could potentially be, depending on who they get tomorrow, like two starters for sure. Campbell looks like his it's his net right now. Obviously Anderson's been the starter for, for years and then whoever they get, you know, tomorrow potentially. Like I don't know. So this is gonna be a weird situation having three different goalies if they do go
1: that route. Eh, whatever. Some guy sits out. I, like you better, you rather be safe than sorry, basically, right? Like they yeah, they don't want a, to I mean, risk. It's a,
0: it's a brutal situation that they're in right now, especially that Campbell's like eleven and no. Plus, he's been battling injuries all year. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just don't think you can fully trust Campbell one hundred percent come playoff time to stay healthy, just given what's happened this year. And I don't think you can fully one hundred percent trust Anderson right now. So they got to be pretty confident that Freddie's back soon and going to be, you know, hundred percent this year. Otherwise I think we do see a goalie move. So we'll see what happens. Um, tomorrow will be kind of interesting from that perspective. I want to get your prediction, Nick, or do you think they're done or do you think they add another NHL roster player tomorrow? Um,
0: I d- definitely think that they add at least like a fringe NHL or like a, like a seventh or an eighth D. Mm-hmm um especially on the right side especially like like if if justin hall gets injured tomorrow knock on wood like they're in trouble so i do think that um they'll probably get like a, a right-handed d or a guy that can play on the right side or that's it's probably like a seventh d uh, i think that's kind of the move the most simple move that they can make but i definitely think there's more moves ahead okay
1: yeah i think they're gonna do something tomorrow too i think it'll be small or the goalie so the goalie's is kind of the big one if That'll give us a big indication on Anderson. Um, and, and then, if not, then I'm just looking like Zadorov, maybe, or Kulikov, or uh, um, I don't think it'll be Colin Miller because he's got term. I'm just going down the list. Like a Mark Pisik would be would work. Um, I hope it's not Good Branson. I seriously hope it's not Good Branson. But um, yeah, it'll be. It should be an interesting day tomorrow. I know there's not going to be as many players on the move, especially if, if Hall gets traded tonight. We're recording around eight thirty right now, uh, Eastern Time. So we'll see if anything happens uh, to Taylor Hall. I saw as we were recording that Austin Matthews is going to be selling NFTs. So that's that's a big <laughs> a big story to 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 watch in the next in the next week. It's kind of interesting, but uh, it should be interesting. Nick, any last thoughts before we get out of here?
0: I don't know we'll see I hope that we're recording tomorrow um I think that'd be cool if there's any sort of newsworthy trade that occurs like we'll definitely try and record tomorrow but um overall like if you like are you more confident in this team after this the last two trades are you less confident are you like how do you feel about them overall going into the playoffs
1: well I think they're better so I'm more confident I I think they could have gotten even better but I was just reading uh uh, Jeremy, I think his name's Jeremy, Rutherford, he said that Schwartz really isn't going to be available. So if he was out, if Hall's out because maybe an extension was required, we'll see, then yeah, then is the best forward available, and, and I think that's what they wanted to do. So, you know, I don't know if Granlin gets moved. I'm guessing no. Um, and, you know, I don't know about Iafalo getting moved either because he's he's apparently talking about an extension as well. So I am more confident. Um, I want to play a quick game with you, actually. If you're, if you're, ready. Are you mentally prepared for a game? I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Okay. I'm gonna tell you the player. I want you to guess where they go. You can also just say not nice. traded. Okay. So let's start. Let's start with Taylor Hall. Uh, I'm gonna go Edmonton. Really? I'm gonna go Boston.
0: Uh, I now I'm not mentally prepared anymore. I don't know why you said that. You just ruined the what, you just ruined the game now. Yeah, you can't. You can't. No one's yeah. going to Boston. They're they're standing pat this this deadline.
1: I don't see him going to Edmonton. It's. I thought I read something they didn't want to give up early picks. Maybe they would make an exception for him, but I'll say Boston. Apparently St. Louis is involved, which would be the most Taylor Hall thing ever, because Hall <laughs> always goes to the worst possible contender. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's okay. he's gonna go there. and They'll miss playoffs. That's gonna be the uh, the Taylor Hall, but I, I'm guessing Boston. I just. They seem to really be big on like the the analytics types, like Craig Smith, for example. Um, I, I remember when they got that that Kasha guy. Um, so I, I, I just, I, think...
0: I, I, yeah, I was upset. I I really liked the, uh, him as a player.
1: Yeah. So uh, okay, you're sticking with Edmonton. I'll
0: go Edmonton. Yeah, I think that's fun. I think uh, it'd be a cool reunion.
1: Okay, Mike Hoffman, he's been scratched. He played really well last night. St. Louis is back at a playoff spot. Do you think he gets moved?
0: No. ATL okay, I'll stay. I think he's staying there.
1: I think he stays too. I just don't think he's going to fetch much, given that he's been healthy scratched. And I think they'll just keep him. Um, so Savard already went. Bellino already went. I have follow. He's been rumored to be talking about extension, but he might get moved. Do you think he goes?
0: Uh, I think he is going to extend as well.
1: Okay. Jonathan Bernier, who apparently I saw this today, tweeted it out. Has a had a better saber percentage with the Leafs than Frederick Anderson has with the Leafs um, <laughs> by one point, so by point zero zero one, but still. Um, do you think he gets moved, and do you think he's a Leaf? Uh,
0: I don't think he's going to be a Leaf. Um, I actually had him. I thought he was going to go to Colorado, uh, but then Colorado just signed, just traded for Dubnyk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's off. So I actually don't even know who else would need a goalie right now. Because to me, in yeah. my mind, it was Colorado, Toronto. So I'll say he, I'll say
1: he stays. I think they're gonna move him just because he's a rental and it's Detroit, and they might as well get something. I'll go. I'll go Winnipeg. Is Brusatte playing well? I have to look. But yeah, I don't see too many teams that would need a goalie now that Colorado's done something. I almost want to go Leafs there. I'm going to go Leafs there actually because I think they're a team that could use a goalie. I think Olmark will see. I think he's better than Bernier. Um, but I'll, I'll throw him at you, Olmark. All, <laughs> do you think he goes? It would be so funny just
0: adding to to the Bernier thing, like that.
1: Getting Dubas, him it's, back. it's almost
0: like a really good PR move to get Foligno. I think that certain people in the analytics community will like Foligno. I think he's just his defensive impacts and themselves. And then obviously the gritty, you know, old school love community him. will love him. Uh, yeah. And then for him to go with that type of a PR move to to Ber- Jonathan Bernier the next year, the next. You're time, right. He's not getting amazing. Bernier. Yeah, I think <laughs> he gets so funny. I gotta
1: go Olmark to the Leafs. Bernier to uh, I don't know whoever needs a goalie. I can't even. Does Boston need a goalie with I don't know if Rask is out long term. I have to look. Um. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go Olmark to Toronto. Are you going? What are you doing with Olmark?
0: I'll go Toronto too. I think if they are going to get any goalie, it's going to be Elmark. Um yeah. Do you see that save he made today? By the way,
1: yeah, that was sick,
0: ridiculous. Yeah, hopefully that's the last save he makes as a bu- Buffalo Saber. But um, Oh was I
1: think he made a- more saves after that. That's so.
0: that's the only save that matters. If it's if it's not on my Twitter timeline, he didn't make the save. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'll go Toronto too.
1: Okay, this is a big one. Luke Lendening. I'm going Edmonton. <laughs>
0: I would love for him to go to the Islanders. Um, it would be
1: such an Islanders move. I I feel like they Someone said that Edmonton was interested. I know you probably don't have like a an article no. prepared on Luke Lindenning. but yeah, yeah, uh, he can't go. To Get Edmonton. on the Edmonton. Ed,
0: Edmonton's got. Edmonton's got to make a good move here. Like I'm ty- I'm just. I don't know. It's almost getting sad whenever I see like Vancouver the other day extended Tanner Pearson, and it's just. I don't know, I want to see some of those western teams like make some good moves at the management level. So I don't want to see them go to Edmonton. Um, but for the Leaf's sake, I think that'd be awesome because if they play them in the second round, then yeah, that's awesome.
1: But, All right. So we'll go Edmonton. We're going Edmonton. Um Granland, I'm gonna say stays. I'm stays. assuming you're the same. Yep. Yeah. Manson stays. Eckholm stays. Your agreement?
0: Uh Eckholm stays for sure,
1: yeah. I think Grant. Uh, I think, I think we already found out Alexiak's gonna stay. That's the rumor, at least. Lawton. It sounds like he wants to stay, so I'm gonna say stay. Are you saying stay?
0: Yeah, I'm saying stay. I, I, I thought he was. Be... You know, that
1: would have been interesting if he came to the lease, but I think he's gonna stay too. I'll go. I think uh, Matthias Yanmark will move, and I'll say like Colorado. Like I feel like he's a a decent underrated player. I'll go Colorado. Um, just as kind of like a smaller addition. I'll go St. Louis there. Okay, you think they're yeah. buying?
0: Yeah, I'll go. I'll go St. Louis there.
1: Um, I'm just seeing if there's anyone else interesting. I'm gonna say Dr- Chris Drieger stays. I'm gonna say, I actually liked Ryan Dezingle last night. I don't think he did well by the numbers, but I I wouldn't mind him for like a seventh round pick. I don't think the Leafs have the cap space. We'll see, but I, I I could see him going somewhere. I won't even get like. Do you think they get. What's your guess for the Leaf Step defenseman tomorrow? So I'll just. I'm looking at the trade bait board. There's Mark Pisick. There's. Uh, there's Michael Delzato, Mark Stahl. There's Mike Riley in Ottawa. Uh, there's Kulikov, who's supposed to get traded. Um, there's Adorov. Who, what's your guess? I'll
0: go I think that. Uh... Parts of Leafs Twitter were a little upset about the Foligno trade today. So with Mark Pissick, I think that I think that Dubis will be right back on board with the Leafs Twitter. So I'll go with him.
1: I'll go with him as well because he torched the Leafs last year as a forward. Remember that? He had like yeah, <laughs> two yeah. goal game as a forward. So maybe he's the guy, Nick, that adds the the bottom six scoring we're looking for. Maybe That's he's exactly up with Matthews. I mean. That's yeah, yeah. Um, We're gonna have a a Marner Matthews Pisick line, and then he'll shift the D if needed. So I I do think he he's like a fine eighth defenseman, and I don't think they they want someone on the right side. That's that's probably not gonna play. I think he just makes a lot of sense. So let's go let's go Mark Pizik. That'll um, be our uh, our big prediction. Be-
0: before we get out, I want to do two things. One, I want to talk about a player that both you and I uh, we've watched him live actually in, in junior. Uh, a- a favorite of the podcast for sure. Oh, Victor Metal put it. on waivers today. Did you how much did you cry?
1: And maybe I'm Sorry? just excited for I'm just excited for him to get out of Montreal. He okay, okay. You okay. saw it that too. way. Okay.
0: I, I was a little upset that he was put on waivers. I think that obviously Montreal is is a rival of us, but I was cheering for him kind of since he since he was in junior and we used to watch Mitch Marner and and Mete used to, he used to stand out on those junior games. Like his skating is so good. Um, obviously, he jumped up into the NHL pretty quickly after after joining the the organization in Montreal. But if you're Dubis, do you put in a claim for him? Uh,
1: I don't well, think it's possible, I possible, but I think they they won't have the cap space. Like I think they'll make a move. The, what you could do is you could you could call a GM. I believe this is allowed. Like, you could call, I, I think it's Buffalo that has the first pick. Um, you could say, okay, claim Mete tomorrow at noon, and we're going to trade for him. Like, we'll give you a, a late-round pick. Here's a free late-round pick. So I, I kind of like Mete. I, I would like him as a depth defenseman. He's just such a good skater. You could put him out against McDavid because you could keep up with him. Um, but generally, he is sheltered. Um, but he's, he's always had good results in the third-pairing role. He actually played the right side in London, so... Uh, he can play either side. I, I, I do like the player. Obviously, he's he's good friends with Marner, I believe. So, um, I would I would like Victor Mete. I think I don't so know what, I, what the rules are in terms of claiming a guy and trading him, but uh, as a as a depth D, if you need a seven, I'm I'm in. He's 22
0: years old. Like he jumped up into the Montreal. Like, he was playing with Weber, I'm pretty sure that first year. Um, yeah. That first year for a little bit. Like he jumped up. He's played. He's had a ton of NHL experience. Uh, He didn't even play in the NHL. I think, actually, yeah, he did. He played 2018, 2019. He played seven games. But, I mean, for the majority of the last couple of years, he's been in the NHL. I think he's at 22 years old. Like, I think that's a a heck of a, a gamble. And it's also, he could provide some good depth. So, would you say, where would you put Mete? And this is kind of a, you know, a general question considering how many, depth defenseman options we just went to, through but where would you put mete in terms of like if you had to rank those depth defensemen we just talked about where would you put mete there um
1: it depends what they're looking for i feel like they're going to go bigger like a pisic so i yeah i would like him just because he's controllable if he does well you right. can keep him so i would i would prefer him like i put him one cuz i'm a big Victor mete fan as you know <laughs> yeah um so I just, I don't know if it's likely. I don't, I think it's unlikely, but uh, I do think they'll try to add probably size. Um, that's my guess. But yeah, I, I like the player a lot. He was on Canada's world junior team the year that Kale McCarr couldn't get on the ice. Um, he, and he's only 22. Like, I remember this with Jared McCann. McCann was a guy that made the NHL right away. And it felt like he was like 26 when he was 22. And it's like, if, you know, someone tweeted this today, I think it was Jay Fresh, um, who said you know if if Mete hadn't been if he hadn't played an NHL game yet like let's say he he spent as long as he could in the OHL and he went to the AHL he would probably be pretty highly regarded as a prospect um, versus when you go to the NHL and, and you're playing at a young age people think you're you're older than you are he's just one year older than uh, Lilligran he's the same age as uh, like I think Puliari is is a ninety eight. Um, who just broke out this year? Like, I think he's got a future in the NHL. He's just a, such a good skater, uh, a ridiculously good skater. So I, I like him. I think it's a long shot. I think he's going to go to like, a, I do think it gets claimed and goes to like a Buffalo or a, a Detroit. I don't like getting excited about guys on waivers. I think people are take it way too, uh they get way too excited about waivers guys? But I do think he's kind of the one exception that I do think he should get claimed.
0: Yeah, I agree with that completely, and I think. I think Dubis needs to get. Uh, he, he needs to to stick true to his his narrative that he only likes small guys. Um, so he's been getting way too many big guys, and he's got to stick true to his narrative so that that, that can still uh, be alive. Like what's I mean, what's Mete? He's like five, five eight maybe. He's five nine. J- that's
1: yeah, we right, probably
0: right where want
1: him. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably Jenner. Honestly, I think he's I think he's smaller. Um, I got one more shout-out before we get out of here, and that is to uh, his Twitter name is Parados, Paradiso Real. Uh, Marco Paradiso is the name. He had tweeted me back on March 18th, uh, and he said, you know, he mentioned Felino and Nash in terms of targets for the Leafs, so he predicted it. He is now the psychic, and I got to give him a shout-out, so... Um, obviously great for that. Hopefully we are the psychics tomorrow when the Leafs trade for Ulmark and if they have the cap space, some sort of defenseman. I think we guess Pissick. It should be an interesting day. We'll see what Taylor Hall does. I might be heartbroken if he goes to Boston. But thanks everyone for listening and we'll see everybody later this week.